A Thousand Lives Lived podcast. The podcast where a thousand lives come to life. Where mysterious creatures take flight. Where the blind lead and where space is transversible. A place where the imagination is unleashed. Anything can happen. Hi, friends, and welcome to the show. I'm Hazel Danes. And I'm Tamara Lindsay. And today we are going to be doing our very first book review. Yay! Uh, Yay! (laughs) The first one on the docket here is called Wake Me Up After the Apocalypse. It's book one in the Bunker book series. And the author is Jordan Rivett. There's going to be a great interview with the author. Yes, we are going to be airing our interview with Jordan on November 11th, and that was a great interview. You're not going to want to miss that. So I'm just going to give a synopsis, a brief synopsis or blurb of the book so that you guys have an idea of what the book is about before we get started. So it reads on Amazon, when a killer comet hurdles for the earth. 18-year-old Joanna Murphy is selected to wait out the apocalypse in an underground bunker. She she enters cryosleep with her close-knit team preparing to resettle the planet after the atmosphere clears in 200 years. Joanna is the only one who wakes up. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. Faced with a bunker full of bones and a blocked exit, Joanna must claw her way to the surface, figure out what happened to her team, and try not to panic or die. That's going to be tricky if she's the only person left in the world. When I first read the the blurb there on Amazon, I was just just like, wow, that sounds really, really suspenseful. Right, even before you start opening the book, you know exactly what the stakes are. Yeah. It's super clear. Um, And if you uh, do click on the Amazon link, you'll notice that her cover is absolutely gorgeous. Like you get the title is spot on. The cover is spot on. The blurb is wonderful. It's very, very well done. And uh, the writing is also well done. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. We just loved this book. Um, So we're going to enter right into our rating here Uh, we did post a rating system booklet for you to take a look so that you understand how we're coming to our conclusions here that will be on our website and on twitter Um, the main five categories that we that we look for are writing style plot character development world building and then the overall reading experience you kind of have to separate out your editor head from your writer head sometimes yeah, exactly. As we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So that will be number five is where we take off those like more industry hats and just read it as a pleasurable read. As a reader. <laughs> yeah, as a reader. Right. Um, okay. So we're going to dive right into their first category and it's writing style. So uh, Tamara, what did you think of the point of view? I loved, I loved the writing style. I love the point of view. She did an amazing job of being in Joanna, Joanna, Joanna's head and pa- her pacing is amazing. You're, you're, you feel like you're going along and it never likes, you know how you're reading along in a book sometimes and there's a huge jump in time or it speeds up or slows down. The pacing is wonderful. I think it's one of those things that 
you don't notice until it's not right. It's like having an editor. You don't notice when a, when a writer has a really good editor because they just disappear into the background. That's just the way it is. But if they don't have a good editor, you start noticing all these things. I mean, for example, Stephen King early on had a really good editor and his books are very, very tight early on. But then he becomes Stephen King and his books, the later ones are just sprawling and all over the place. And, and I, when I read them, I tend to go, he needed somebody who didn't say that's Stephen King. He's right. I'm not going to edit him. He needed someone to come in and edit him like they did at the beginning. Anyway, the writing style. Yeah, I think that you're right about the pacing because the themes that she's dealing with are very like survivalist. It's inexorable. <laughs> right. So when you're writing suspenseful, danger, survival type of writing, you want it to be like you want the feeling of the character to be like slow where they're analyzing everything, but they're also like, they're, but you can also tell that their heart rate is fast. Right. And you know that they're I mean? moving forward, you know, you can't, yeah. you wouldn't want a book like this to be rehashing a lot or something like that. Cause you would feel it would get frustrating, I think. Right. It's and fast. it's, yeah. I think it's impressive that the uh, flips back and forth from like, like, present time like the live action to the 200 years before when she hadn't gotten to the future the future yet um that she flips there and it's not frustrating to read uh, where I think it could be because you're like well I I just want to know does she die or not right Right. um but the flipping is not uh annoying it's done okay no it is done it is done well and I uh, it, it, at the, the past adds suspense and adds to the present and the present adds suspense and adds to the past. It's lots of irony, uh, dramatic irony and stuff there. But I have to say, and I wonder if you felt the same, maybe not. I would have loved to have just a book about the past leading up to when they went into cryosleep. And really, then because that's the second that book. Occurred. Oh, well, see, I would have loved it because I would have loved to have that just the drama of being in the world falling apart. I mean, I've been in a lot of reading a lot and doing a lot of apocalyptic things lately, video games or reading or whatever. And so I would have loved to see more of the apocalypse and just just going through um, chronologically right up to when she, you know, it ends with her going into cryosleep, but you're never sure that she's going to be able to make it, you know, right. with all the drama surrounding all that. Cause we don't, so that's the second book. That's the second book. Ooh. You're going to have uh, to read then, that. Yes. And then have this book be after she wakes up with maybe a few flashbacks for the people who hadn't read the other one. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So because we're dealing with things like cryosleep, there is some reference to scientific facts and whatnot, which definitely there should be. So in your opinion, because you're, you're much more sciencey than <laughs> I'm I am. I'm the sciencey person. I am not sciencey at all. I will take whatever you give me, whatever whatever, if it's factual or not, I won't know. But was it realistic? I thought long and hard about this because my first response was, this is a character-based book. This is a book about relationships. Okay. Okay. Which, 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 okay. I'll come back to that. Another thing I want to bring up. Uh, This is a book about relationships and the science behind it is fascinating. I mean, I love how she does things in unexpected ways. Like, you never have a, a, a plot arc or something that's, that, that goes exactly like you expect it to. Like characters are both good and bad, right? 
they have they 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 do good things they do bad things the the plot you think should go this way if it was like the way a plot usually goes but it kind of twists a little bit which i love i love that you don't get what you expect and so the science at first i was thinking the science is a little bit shaky behind it and in some respects it it is just a little bit but i don't think that's what's catching me up i think what made me pause was that there are points where the plot development is just a little too convenient. It feels just, I mean, it's not something that, it just pulls me out just a little bit and makes me go, wait a second. Uh, where, where it feels like she needed something to happen. So she retroactively put something in that got to that point. But I don't know whether she needed to set it up more before that or what, where it didn't feel quite so unexpected. For instance, food and clothes are not going to last 200 years. They're not going to be ready to eat when you wake up, you know. If you are in a pre-industrial age where there's nothing there, if you were burned as severely as she was, she would have just died. She would have gotten infected and died, you know? That being said, and there were some other things too that kind of made me go, I mean, if you're a team, you would have been placed in the same place in the bunker to wake up. I mean, it just, unless you have another reason why it was, that was, it seems like you would have been placed together and her, her teammates would have been crushed and she would have been the only one who survived. So those kinds of things kind of pulled me out a little bit, but the book was so enjoyable otherwise that it didn't bother me enough to, other than momentarily going, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, yeah, it didn't pull me out that much. <laughs> well, I didn't even like think of those things at all, which I think says a lot to the world building. Cause like, yeah, exactly. I didn't I mean, even notice. Right. I was yeah. like, sure. You know, people go into space for like, decades they can have vacuum food oh and, and there would be animals that survive i mean not all the animals and and if they were going to survive on a farm they would have need animals of some type to get them through the winter especially the first winter but there's no reason why there couldn't have been animals because animals would have survived there would have been some animals that survived anyway, yeah and, and if there was no animals then you would expect that there would be no plants and then what's the point of repopulating the earth yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so there had to have be some sort of level of survival or else right. there would I mean, be no the point last, in any I, of it. Right. I mean, when the dinosaurs were wiped out, we that's when we came around. There's mammals and other things that survived. <laughs> right, exactly. In my opinion, if we're doing like a sci-fi, I, I can never say that word, apocalyptic <laughs> sort of book because it is speculative, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not sure that there's ever going to be like a 100% realistic. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there's definitely always going to be like play where you, you have to do the play or else there's no story. And um, so I think it depends on the reader. Like if the reader is like hyper science, like science is super important or else like the, the, right. the enjoyment of the book is like just null. Then we have a bit of a case of like, Ooh, Part of it is as a writer, you set up what the expectations of the book. In other words, you tell you telegraph to your reader in the first chapters, this is what this book is about. It doesn't care so much about science. It cares about relationships. It cares about people overcoming adversity. You know, it's about these things. It's not about these things. And and a reader should know in the very first couple chapters that this is this is what you're going to get. And then you get to decide. The, the, you as the writer sort of set up, this is what I'm trying to do. And then the reader gets to decide whether you achieve those things. 
So if you telegraph something different than you actually are trying to achieve, then readers will be dissatisfied. And so I yeah. guess maybe in some ways you could say that this telegraphs a little bit about science, but not enough to, uh, I mean, you know, just by, by the mere, mere fact it has cryosleep and it has those kinds of things. But, uh, not but I think it's more like interstellar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas or like, it's more about the people than. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About whatever science interstellar had in it. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> or or um, uh, uh, a long way to a small angry planet. Um, oh, God, what is her name? Uh, that the, the authors who are more interested in relationships than they are in the science. It's yeah. absolutely. I mean, there's just like jump drives in there that are just like, yeah, you know hand wavy which is great because that's not what it's about yeah, hand wavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay so we already spoke a lot about uh flow or pacing so we're gonna skip that part okay. so let's move right on to character development where are the characters easy to connect with and which one did you connect with why don't most? you start with this i actually asked jordan in our interview uh which character that uh, she connected with the best so i ended up giving my answer for that and mine <laughs> was Garrett she connected with Garrett most? no no my my answer oh, was your Garrett. answer was Garrett oh okay. no yeah, I no <laughs> I would have thought she would have been against the main character one. uh yeah I really like Garrett I just think way? that like she did a good job of like the, the so Garrett is the love interest right he's the he's a part of her original team so they're both teenagers in the like say modern time right before the, the apocalypse and they have a bit of a little teenager fling but, but it's actually kind of a pre-fling because they never really I mean right it's a pre-fling it's a pre-fling it's a pre-fling <laughs> but it's very very cute and it's yes. it's not I don't think it's cheesy um, no. And I'm actually surprised with how uh, how quickly she was able to establish it because um, like rom like writing in romance craft wise, yes. it can take like a long time to make it um, believable. Mm -hmm. So I think that amazingly, it was quite believable. Um, uh, but then you also give that off to like, well, they're teenagers, you know, teenagers like fall in love, like bam, right? So you know. That well, and, and before that, I mean, it's, I think it's totally believable too, because it's in the apocalypse times, yeah. everything's like, and plus there are a whole bunch of teenagers thrown together. I mean, it's in a great tradition of teenagers thrown together in apocalypses, whether it's the Hunger Games or Ender's Game or, you know, whatever, yeah. there are a bunch of teenagers thrown together, you know, and um, things happen. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it escalates or makes it, accelerates it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I really liked Garrett. He, they, he was set up as like this just really good guy and yeah. surprising because he, you know, he's like a teenage boy and you think like, wow, like he's are there like very many boy teenage scout. boys like that? Like, come on. Like, um, and I even liked him like throughout the book. It wasn't just his little like teenage persona. That Actually, I that's interesting that you say that because I think, uh, media, um, uh, uh, just like media books or TV and ads and things uh, misportray young women, they misportray young men because I actually know a lot of young men like that. Like your boy? Are, like my boy is right? so, he, he, he is a rules kind of guy, but not in a bad way. He's like, he's trying to 
He's the supportive person on his team that's making sure everybody feels included. He's the one who's um, trying to make everybody happy. He's the one who's doing the things to, you know, I mean, but he's also an evil genius to figure out just exactly what he needs to get done and not have to get done in order to pass. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sounds like uh, a boy. But, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess I know, I know a lot of teenage boys like Garrett, actually. Well, that's really nice. It's a reminder <laughs> yeah. that they exist, right? Yes. Um, so I really liked Garrett, who is your easily connectable character. <sighs> He's no, well, the main character, um, Joanna. And if it wasn't Joanna, I'm not sure. That's interesting. I would, I would have to say Joanna, the main character. I mean, because she was plucky. She, I love the fact, okay, we should have said spoilers at the very beginning. Spoilers! Um, the fact that she saves herself and everybody else. I mean, it could have easily been something. I mean, we expect it less nowadays, but even so it could have been where it was a group effort, but it's her idea and she goes out on her own and does it and saves everybody. So I love the pluckiness. I was raised on a ranch kind of alone. So a lot of the values that are in the book, like doing things yourself, getting things done, being alone a lot, having, having to depend on yourself, that sort of stuff. It, I mean, it really resonated with me. So, yeah. Yeah, in a, in a sort of positive swing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you are independent and confident in yourself, you will survive. Yes, yes. If yes, you yes. are not, you will struggle a lot. And once again, I love the fact that everybody's complicated. Like, I, I love the fact that Garrett is a Boy Scout. At, I mean, he literally is a Boy Scout at the beginning. Um, <laughs> and how he, how you see the traits you have the flashbacks where you see him before and he kind of takes charge. He sort of, he gets there early probably because of who he is. And then he becomes in charge because of that. And he, he steps into that role and you can see that in what he becomes at the end of the book where he's, he's, yeah, he's taking charge and he helped everybody survive, but he kind of becomes a little bit of a tyrant, just a little bit, you know, you can see how that comes to be and how the, the leader of the bad quote unquote bad guys, Levi, is a bad guy at the beginning, but then the reason why they're coming to attack is because they were attacked first by Blake and his group, you know, and and then he becomes, you know, they 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 start to get together at the end, Joanna and Levi, and I mean, I love how that is played out. I mean, the character develop is character development is absolutely amazing, yeah. and they all change over time. Yeah, and that's that's the key, right? Change. Um... So you were talking about the antagonist, Levi, who actually just shows up like a couple chapters. Three chapters yeah. or something. <laughs> um, before that, it's mostly like Blake, sort of. And he's more uh -huh. referenced yeah. uh, in I hindsight. wondered for a minute whether she was going to get together with Blake, even though of their age difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that sort of theme was interesting yeah. in its yeah. development. Like you show up at this place where you used to know all these people, but now they're in their forties and you're still in, you're still 18. And it's yeah. like, yeah. So weird, right? That is, that weird. would be really weird. Um, but I think the major antagonist, it's like, the book, it's, it's, it's like going to a high school reunion. Oh my God. That's exactly like going to a high school. Reunion. <laughs> yeah. Except you're still in high school. And you feel like you're 18, but everybody else looks like these old people, even though you look like an old person too. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, so weird, right? Um, I think the major antagonist is not even really a character. It's more the situation. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I so, agree. so I, agree. I think that that is delivered well, um, and that actually goes right into world building. Uh, so, what did you think of her world building, especially uh, to the two hundred years after? Okay, so I'm I'm sorry, but I keep jumping around on these things. I I mean, I think I think what I was going to talk about with world building was the science thing or the the sort of uh, plot development for convenience that might need to have been set up a little bit better. So I was gonna talk about that thing, but what I would like to talk about was last night, I now bear with me, I watched Shaun of the Dead for the first time. Have you ever seen Shaun of the Dead? No. Oh my God, it is so good. It is part of sort of a trilogy that was by the director Ed Wright and uh, Simon Pegg is the main character. And um, I have not watched Hot Fuzz, but I did watch, um, this one, uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead and uh, At World's End, which are, they both sort of take place in pubs and British pubs and it's it's so fun. It is funny and fun, but it, you may not think it, but this book and Shaun of the Dead are, are similar. It's just fascinating to me. So Shaun of the Dead is about a guy who's just, he's like never really grown up. He's got a girlfriend and his girlfriend's getting really unhappy and breaks up with him because, He's living with his best friend who's like a drinks all the time and is a loser and just plays video games and all this kind of stuff. And uh, he's stuck in a dead end job and, and everybody in the whole, whole, his whole area is basically a zombie. They're not zombies yet, but they're, they're, they're just like going through their lives, not living, you know, they're like, and they do such an amazing, funny job of showing how this happens. Anyway, and then zombies start coming up. There's this, and, and it's happening in the background. And so there's this drama happening in this guy's life between his best friend, who's his roommate, and also his girlfriend. And in the background, this whole zombie apocalypse starts. And you just, you just watch it in the background while, and he doesn't even notice he's like going through doing his own thing. Anyway, um, so the story is you go through fighting the zombie apocalypse. They finally notice that there's zombies around. Um, and uh, oh my gosh. It, I know, right? It's hilarious. I'm going to spoil the end for you, but you know the end anyway, probably, because uh, this is how it would go anyway. You know, he ends up getting together. He ends up taking charge of his life, uh, getting together with his girlfriend, and he and his girlfriend end up living happily ever after. And zombies just become like another thing in life. You know, they have these zombie uh, uh, reality shows and like zombies become great people to work as clerks and stuff because they're mindless jobs <laughs> but anyway the reason why it's the same oh is because it's about relationships I mean there's all this I was thinking the zombie apocalypse and the apocalypse in this book while very well done is in the background you it's not the point the point is the relationships and how they change and how that jump in time changes them and how all that changes them and how it, it's just, it was just amazing to me anyway. That's interesting. <laughs> I wonder how she would respond to, I know, right? to Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> oh dear. But about how, how, how a person, a particular person would, would uh, deal with that situation and how it changes it, how it affects their relationships and their family and romantic relationships. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so for world building, I was actually going to talk about the new little village. 
the, oh, yeah. the sort of like village kingdom that they create. And I think that the descriptions there are really quite nice. And I was yes. I was definitely able to create a picture in my head there. Um, and I, I like how she described it as like they 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 actually kind of re- they reminded me of kind of like hobbit people but less happy <laughs> where they're like i work hard yeah, less happy hobbits yeah less, less happy hobbits where it's like like they they have this like mm-hmm. i've worked hard we're super family oriented and um like work is life right like like if you don't work you don't survive and we're all in it together and like you're just a giant family in this village um and they've all gone through the same like experiences and um I think that she just created a really nice like community that you're like that that sounds real I think absolutely that I think that's absolutely realistic I think if we were in apocalypse like that or I mean that's how it was on the ranch actually if you're going to make it in those kinds of really edgy situations you have to pull together. And if you don't, you will die. All of yeah. you will die. Um, and absolutely relationship wise, I think it's spot on. Yeah. Um, I, I once visited a class as a, uh, a visiting writer um, up in uh, the middle of Wyoming, right next to the reservation. It was a college class. And um, one of the people in the class was a descendant of Chief Washakie. And she told the story of, it was a philosophy class is what I was visiting at that particular time. And um, she told the story of how Chief Washaki told one of his daughters that she needed to have something done and she'd been being sassy before that. And uh, I think it was Chief Washaki, it might've been a different chief. Um, they went, the, the men went out and hunted and people went out and did things and they came back and she hadn't done the thing that she needed to do. And he slit her throat. Wow. Because in that situation, the point of the story, whether the story is true or not, is that survival requires each person doing their absolute utmost to get things done, relationship-wise and otherwise. You have to uh, sublimate anything, any kind of resistance that you have in order for the group to survive. Anyway, and so this reminded me of that, yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back after this brief announcement. Daring adventure, dramatic climaxes, pirate ships, and new worlds. Brilliant short stories told by authors across the globe. Get your copy of A Thousand Lives and Many More literary magazine the first issue where shall i go featuring the work of mick shawyer abigail otley catherine lejean and many more talented authors and writers visit www.thousandliveslived.com magazine 
to get your copy of the print or digital version. Welcome back. Probably my favorite part was the depiction of the village and, and all the changes in the characters and whatnot. I liked that. <laughs> yeah, they really felt like, it really felt utopian, you know? Yeah. I, I could imagine a reader who is uh, neurodivergent or not heteronormative reading that and feeling not quite as cozy about it because they would feel like they didn't fit in at all and that they would have been they would have run into problems because they would have been put into a very small box but it also was amazing it also is an amazing it, it, it's very optimistic I love how the ending of this is optimistic yeah you know yeah the next part of like we didn't go into world building like super in detail because uh yeah. well just for time constraints but uh overall I think that the the world building yes the sense of like what it's like in that time was done very well um, I agree even the description of the the bunker was I definitely could see that as well I could see that cave I could see the tunnels I could see the funny like not very well decorated kitchen thing yes. with the lockers and whatnot um that was all very well done yes um and, and not only that but the i mean she was able to do some things with just very very small strokes like like you could feel the apocalypse before um when when they when they go out in the bus to go to where the they're actually going to be putting cryo you can feel it's an apocalypse, even though it only takes up what a page or two. Yeah. You can really feel that it has turned into an apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. And I think she did a good job of saying that the kids were protected yeah. while they were in their training. The feeling of the apocalypse was was almost like dimmed while you were in yeah. those scenes where they were just, you know, doing their team building and their training and whatnot. But then once they leave the the area of their training then you it's like it was turned on so right. yeah and, and that's, that's well how done. they would feel I mean that's how they would feel oh my gosh I hadn't thought of so there is one character who is blind and also of was it Japanese descent Chinese I can't remember or, or from Japan or China actually originally but in the in U.S. or Canada I can't remember the specifics I wonder if some people would find that I, I, I mean, I don't, don't want to put it into anybody's heads, but I, I would wonder, I wonder if somebody would feel like that was tokenism. Just oh, I yeah. because well, I mean, the one disabled person is, I mean, it's great that she included someone who is disabled and that they became part of the group and a valuable contributing member because they're a kick-ass karate person and they, but so I don't know if that would be a criticism that was mounted or not, but hmm. I mean, I really, like I feel like some, I feel like in these days of like, uh, the entertainment industry, yeah. you almost have to do things, um, that feel tokenism, if you know what I mean? Like, yeah. especially you see it in films, like all the time where you're like, oh, that was just a nod. That's all like, that's, right. that's all the writing was about that. It was a nod. And, um, yeah. I think it's still up to the decision of writers to do that, but like, yeah, yeah, there will be times where yeah, and and it's happen. really hard, right? And it's really hard because on one hand, as a, a white writer, you know, you 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 don't want to overstep your bounds and write 
from a point of view of someone who is not like yourself in such a way that is is uh, really stereotypical or anything. But on the other hand, I feel like we have an, uh, an obligation to include lots of different kinds of characters in our books, just because there's a lot of different kinds of characters in the world. And so it's always, we're sort of caught in the middle in that way. But yeah. I think it's our duty to, to do that. Like, like, I don't think there were any Hispanic characters. I don't think there were any, but anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I mean, and matter, I think but... you're right. Like, if you're going to do it, you have sh- you should do it well instead of stereotypically. And I think that's yeah. why, uh, you know, I personally would be like, I'd rather like not do it than do it wrong. Um, and then you get some serious backlash uh, as opposed to um, minimal backlash for not doing See, it. And, and my approach is I write people. I write people first and then I sort of put their characteristics on top of them and that of course has its own challenges as well but I I really firmly believe that we are people at our core we all basically want the same things and we basically I mean there are people who have genetic uh propensities but a lot of us are just twisted by the way we're raised um and so if if my approach of writing people and then putting characteristics on top of that and then maybe flavoring a little rather than writing a black woman, I write a woman, I write a person who happens to be female, who happens to be African-American. And, and, and then I think I, am, I allow myself to have, let them have complex emotions and have all these things rather than projecting them down into this little tiny little box. But yeah. anyway, that's just- my Yeah, approach. that makes sense, yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. Right. So, okay. I think we should uh, head right into the overall reading experience. Would you like to go first or would you like me to? <laughs> um, I, I can go first. Okay. So okay. Uh, in this part, we can either decide to give a rating, a personal rating or not. It's not the official A Thousand Lives Lived rating that will be in mm-hmm. our blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is just Hazel's opinion versus Tamara's opinion. If, and if Tamara right. does not want to give a number, <laughs> that's okay. That's we were fine. talking about this before we started because I am really, it's really hard for me to rate things. I'm a really bad grader in that I give everybody A's. And so anyway, go ahead. Uh, okay, so I would probably give it 4.5 um, because it is just the type of writing style and book that I enjoy. Like, um, it actually the type that I would even write myself. I, I was actually, I was saying that to Jordan. I was saying like, like, I don't know why I didn't think of something like this. Is this like a really good concept? So now are you like, I'm going to write a book like this. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I'm gonna <laughs> do this and I'm gonna, that's what I love about books that I love is that I, they make me do that. I'm like, oh, I could write this book and, but I would do this and I would do this and, oh yeah. And then totally, and I would try to do this as well as she did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and she also said that she did, uh, you know, she's a big fan of the Hunger Games as well. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she took in some some flavors, like not like I as... could see that in the camp. I could yeah. see that in her 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 flashbacks in the camp, and and yeah, and also sort of the feel of uh, District Eleven. Is it District 12? Twelve? Twelve. District Twelve. Yeah, yeah, 
definitely. Yeah. Well, cool. So I think 4.5 for me, um, because I really had very little things that I would have improved upon on it. I actually would have said four to five. So we're right exactly in the same place. <laughs> Once again, if I had not been reading it, knowing I was going to talk about it and sort of talk about craft and stuff like that, I wouldn't have had my editor's head. And I mean, I just would have said, it's a great book. You, you read with different heads when you're reading for just for fun and then reading for evaluation or talking specifically about craft. So um, yeah, I totally would give it a, a high rating. I very, very much enjoyed it. I, I want to know more. You can always tell it's a great book when you just want to read more of that world. You want to be in that world more. Um, uh, I love the fact that it had a happy ending, happy, happy ending. Um, uh, not like cheesy happy, but happy as in it had future potential. And yeah, I can't wait to hear more ab about the author as well. Yes. And we do want to point out that so the next book in the series is called Meet Me at the World's End. And it takes place before they go into cryo sleep. So be okay. sure to check that out. It's on Amazon and it's on Jordan Rivet's website, www.jordanrivet.ca or .com, .com, not Canadian. <laughs> do, so two questions. One is, is it set in the same time period as we get the flashbacks in this one? Do you know? Yes. It is. Okay, excellent. That's good because I wanted to know more about that. And second of all, did she write it after she wrote the first one or did she write it at the same time? Did she pull out parts and then write it? I feel like she wrote it after. Oh, okay. All right. That was all my right. impression in the interview. I have written down some more questions for Jordan and we're going to invite her to answer them over a blog. So, oh, excellent. Um, like oh, like so your questions glad. about food survival and the fire yes. and whatnot. Because I'd like to see what she says. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and once again, I mean, I don't, that what she set us up to expect, I think she totally delivered on. I, I think it's amazing. All right. What is our next book? Our next book on the docket is, so the next book that we're going to be reviewing is called Blue Scar Indiabinito. I'm not oh, fully sure oh. how to say that. I think it might be, a, is it a Spanish word? It sounds like it. Or maybe even um, native it could be uh, native, native of, of that area. Maybe we should um, ask. I just got it in the mail. So I have my copy now. Um, Amazing. That book is by S.S. Frankowska. And I believe it's a fantasy-ish book. So that should be lots of fun to read. That sounds great. And this is one you cannot get on Kindle. So you'll need to order a hard copy. Right. So if you do want to read it with yes. us and then check out our live review here on our podcast, it's a great idea to get your order submitted today on Amazon. Or do have a... your local bookstore order it in for you. Yes. That's another good idea. Support local, right? Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, that is our official podcast review of wake me up after the apocalypse we're going to do in a blog post as well that's going to be more detailed and have our official rating on it and be sure to check out our interview with jordan rivet that's november 11th and it was lots of fun and very informative so you don't <laughs> want to miss that yes well thank you very much everybody for listening and um coming with us on, on our adventures yeah lots of fun <laughs> Okay, until okay. next time. Bye. Bye. 
Well, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We've got some great shows coming up with amazing practical advice for writers, and for the bookworms, fun features on new and exciting books soon to be released. You don't want to miss out. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for all the updates. And if you'd like to be on our show, pitch us your idea on any of our pages. Until next time, keep writing, keep reading, and you'll live a thousand lives. <laughs>